today I'm really excited because I have my colleague and friend Bert Phillips here from Attuned Marketing Partners. Bert and I have worked together for a few years now on various client projects, gotten to know him a little bit, and he has a really big passion just for doing right by the customer and the client and making sure that their marketing is showing up in a fresh and unique way that's relevant. Uh, I really appreciate that authentic approach that he has. And he's he, he's an interesting guy. He likes to research a lot of fun stuff. So he's going to have a lot of fun things to share with us today. So Bert, thanks so much for being here. Value of being kind. Um, you know, I, my background is interesting because I started as a client and I was in the agency world. Now I'm kind of a hybrid because I, we have a, a virtual agency that just works really closely with clients. We're kind of joined at the hips with them. And, you know, I, I think now it's such an interesting time in the marketing world, just a time of incredible change. Um, I, I think it's it's a time of opportunity, but, you know, we, we've had to learn so many new things and now we're learning a lot more things. But I think that 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 comes with opportunities. Yeah. Just... What What are some of the things that you feel like are really changing so fast now compared to before? Because I thought things moved fast before. Yeah. They, um, I think just how content is created is changing so fast. I think too, you see, you're seeing a lot of companies and organizations really recognize how important it is to get their marketing right. That's great. Then we have others that they kind of know they want to get get aboard, but you know, just getting there is a whole new thing. Thing, and just you know what. I'm not, I'm not sure I have any, I don't have technological brainstorms to share with you, with Valerie. I have a lot of cases where, as you've seen with some of our clients, where, you know, where <clears throat> the company has a, a great product or service, but they, they, they want to get their message across better, but they're not sure how to do that. Yeah. The, um, they they they've done it. You know, one of the challenges we have it right now is I think you have a lot of companies that have done it this way and this way worked for a long time, but now this way is not working like it used to. So, and you know, changing that mix is an interesting process, and just uh, is one we enjoy digging in with with our clients to help them do that. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. When I first got into doing uh, a lot in the content creation space, you know, social media had just become a thing for businesses. And it was this big shift between, you know, the traditional marketing approaches with billboards and, you know, TV commercials and print this and that and the other. It may be a little bit on the web um, to being very focused on digital. Right. And honestly, that's how I got my start was the folks heading at the agency, they said, we don't know how to do social media, but you do. Right. You want to do it for these businesses. And that's how I got my start in social media was, uh, you know, just getting thrown in partly because I was the right place, right time and knew a little bit, but yeah, people are resistant to change. <laughs> so getting right. them to think about things being so different now is uh, it's, it's a different, it's, it, it, there's a big mental shift going on. And things that we read about and heard about have become reality where the, the customer really is king in the digital world so much. Yeah. The, the, and we have to honor that. And they expect to have the information out there. They want you telling their story 
And at the same time, we've got to, we have to make it easy for them to understand kind of, you know, what we do and how we might provide value for them. But if we, and if we don't get that right, you know, they will leave quickly, as you know. Yeah. So the opportunities are endless for us, but we have to honor them. And it's, it's one of the things that I've seen change is that, you know, the marketing people and the salespeople and so many organizations didn't always get along. Well, now they're having to get along a bit more with the organizations that are being successful or recognizing that these, these two parts of the organization have to work much more effectively together. And in so much, of course, of the e-commerce, you know, it, 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 you know, you've streamlined the channels, you know, incredibly, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm noticing sales and marketing being in the same room a lot more these days which, you know, it makes perfect sense why they would be. Um, it's kind of interesting that for so long in the past, they haven't been. Um, so so that's an interesting shift as well the, of what I'm seeing, even just in the last few years, especially since the pandemic. Um, I've been seeing that being a lot more, a lot more prevalent. Um, but yeah, and, and to your point too, about content being created differently, I mean, that's, that's a huge shift that I'm seeing. Um, and a huge shift that, you know, a lot of, frankly, a lot of people are kind of a little worried about, but at the same time, you know, all these new things popping up, they're just tools. They're just tools. Right. And uh, hopefully that just makes our content that much better, that much more creative because we can go further faster with some of these tools. Right. One of the things that I, that I like is I do see a, a lot of clients starting to realize that the marketing and the and the, the buying process starts so much sooner than what they originally anticipated. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that 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 customer, yeah, they it, they may research they be thinking about this product for a year. Yeah. Yeah, they they may be working up their savings, or they may be planning to 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 move to a different part of the country, but they're researching it. You know, yeah. the mo movement we've seen throughout, you know, how, you know, how consumers and businesses are moving throughout the country and relocating to places where they want to live and do business is just incredible. Yeah. And and it, it just that that process and they want they want the the information on the Web and just such an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Is we, is we kind of jump around one of the challenges sometimes that we run in, into is we we deal with with a lot of entrepreneurial type companies as you know some are in the development business some in the building business yeah and even some of the ones that are really large kind of have that mindset and it can be really good but sometimes too you know that yeah you know, they think that all the consumers are are like them there's a tendency, you know, ten, they have certain tactics that they're really comfortable with. And sometimes we need to adjust those tactics, you know, that mix. And, you know, and get them to look at the things more broadly, you know, in, in, in the world that you're such the experts, yes, in social media, you know, some of them, they're not comfortable with, with some of those things or don't expect, you know, don't think that that, that tactic might work because it doesn't appeal to them but yeah. it does appeal to their audience. Yeah, getting in the mindset of your audience is definitely one of the big challenges for people, for sure, especially as kind of a new generation kind of comes of age and is out more in the working working force and 
making decisions on, you know, buying decisions and things like that, you know, getting Gen Z in the mix. I even struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a older millennial. <laughs> Last week I spoke at a college college marketing course and I, I definitely was feeling my age because I, I felt like it's just a completely different mindset that college students have. Um, and they're they're about to be in our working force here in the next few years, of at least the students I spoke with. But a lot of them are making the decisions of uh, purchases now. And so you have to kind of get in their mindset and they they operate completely different from millennials. They operate different from uh, Gen X, baby boomers, you know, and the like. And so, you know, there's a lot of instances where, where people say, well, I don't like TikTok. Okay, well, is your ideal customer on TikTok, you know? <laughs> then you right. might need to be over there. Right. Um, there's a lot of things like that happening in our world right now that I've, I've been witnessing. And yeah, it's, it's getting people to break a little bit out of their comfort zone. Right. One of the things that we've talked about and, and it's really, we work with our clients to do is really think not as narrowly about their marketing as is in many cases they have in the past. You know, targeting is good, but narrow thinking is not good. And sometimes they've not considered how the impact their marketing and brand, how much it you know, can impact recruiting and attracting people to their business. And so many of you know the mm -hmm. so many of our clients, one of their key needs is finding those next workers, finding those yeah. workers to fulfill, fulfill vital roles. You know, you've got yeah. a lot of people retire, aging baby boomers that are retiring. They've got to fill they and they want and they want. The, the people who will work for them for the next 10 or 20 years, they hope though there, yeah. there are not many that are that stay in jobs that long anymore. Those are the exceptions, but, uh, but they, they got to fill these vital roles and the, you know, and, and it's true of just so many industries that, you know, that, that we hear about every day and, you know, companies are looking at better ways to 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 fill these positions and they you know you in healthcare of course they're having to re resort to all kinds of you know part-time and kind of travel staffing if you will right yeah so but but we're seeing it one of our biggest projects this past year was helping a large industrial company with videos that just spoke to the the culture that you wouldn't have expected at this company uh, in this very industrial space, yeah. but just all that they do for their employer employees. So, well, yeah, that whole, that all speaks, I think, to the brand story too, you know, and that's part of marketing people also, you know, consumers today, um, they all, they all care about how you treat your employees, how you, you know, what materials you source, like that's becoming a bigger thing. The values and the, the, the brand story, is becoming much more important in people's buying decision. It's not just about like, what's the cheapest option out there. It's no, right. I, I'm willing to pay more for a product that I know is sourced well, that treats its employees well, that people love working for, has a great culture. It's not the only decision. It's definitely becoming a bigger decision. And I'm seeing it more and more in just the storytelling piece of content in marketing that you know you have to implement that story into everything you do and it'll make people one remember you more compared to your competitor down the street who's just selling 25% off xyz you know it it gets you noticed but it also keeps you memorable 
No, that's right. Well, the power, we, we all know the power of, this, of story. You know, we, we know how effective it is for us. There are, there are really kind of arts and science. It's kind mm -hmm. of an art and science to telling stories too, and for kind sure. of ways that we can, that, that we can become better storytellers and, and make the, make those stories interesting for our clients, you know, for, for the people that, that we want to attract valuable for them. Um, also that, that hopefully it, it, there's some specific twist where it not only feels real, but a bit unexpected too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, you know, I think we're all working to do that and just see, see how that works. Yeah. Such. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that goes into getting in the mindset of the customer and there's so much, so much science around like just how our, how people's brain is operating to make these decisions. You know, I, it, it's, it's really fascinating when you, when you think through just all the different, different aspects to how people are making decisions. I'm curious what you've seen, right. um, in that space in terms of like, how did how does decision-making affect how you're planning a marketing strategy? Well, I think, you know, as you know, we, we've done a lot of reading in neuroscience, listened to a lot of podcasts on it. And mm -hmm. it's just, sometimes it, it, those podcasts allowed me to kind of understand that, you know, a lot of times people are balancing a lot of different considerations. There are a lot of, the, you know, there are a lot of, mm -hmm. and, and we're kind of, we have to win their trust, but they have a lot of emotional drivers and, uh, you yeah. know, they you know, and some, some, you know, some of them are fundamentally impacted by the, you know, their, their old brain. And then some, some, they're just, they're also just, <clears throat> if they, they want to make what is a smart decision too. They, they want, they want to, to rationalize it, but, uh, the, you know, the work in neuroscience that's now available to us really is incredibly valuable, both in, in marketing and in sales. And yeah. uh, just something that I think we we have to take a look at, you know, and and sometimes there, there are things there, too, that aren't, ex, you know, aren't expected, you know, that uh, that we find. So, mm -hmm. and I think one of the key things that we do kind of, is you know sometimes you have market research and you says well so much the market you know this is the first thing that drives them here but can you you know there's so many competitors chasing this can you own it can you be valuable mm -hmm. there is your niche with a smaller audience yeah so you know that that's some of the questions that we're at that we go through with with some of our clients so I kind of yes. jump topics on you there but uh, <laughs> Yeah. What are you, what are you finding is has been most successful with your clients in applying this? What's most successful is you know, I think the, the the most critical thing is kind of getting your your clients and your marketing team you know, to to step back from things first and not mm -hmm. you know, to to not to make too many assumptions. So when you do that and you kind of take take a fresh look at it, you you, know, you tend to see the forest for the trees. Yeah. You, you, you and you start you do some things that frankly are old-fashioned and then very fundamental, 
that then allow you to kind of take a harder look at what you're doing and then start thinking about, well, what are the things that we're doing that are tired and not, not, and we realize not generating the returns that they need to be doing. What if, what if, you know, we fundamentally believe that that we need to try some different tactics really every year, just because some of some of the other ones, you know, the returns will diminish over time. Yeah. It's it's hard to find you know, find cases where they do not. Right. I love that you that you say that about just stepping back. Because I think our world moves so fast that uh, it's hard to to take the moment to step back, pause a little bit, and you know make sure that what you're doing actually makes sense, but also get some perspective. So uh, I think that just the timing piece—it's our world is just so busy. Right. Well, stepping a lot of back. Times people are in a rush, right? <laughs> right. Well, how many times have? you've gotten a call or an email from a client, you know, usually it's an email now or, yeah. or, or, you know, some type of submittal response to some, and they never say we're ready. We want, we want to, this is what we want to do. Yeah. And, and then, and, and it's great. It's great that they're ready. Right. <laughs> you know, what's, what's, what's more frustrating is when you can see a situation where they're not ready, but they need to. But the, the good news is they're ready, but it may not be the it's what they have in mind tactically may not be the right answer. Yeah. And you have to kind of and you have the conversation and you kind of you do you step back and then help them kind of you know, see where their investment can be better deployed. Yeah. And how about if we how about if we did it this way? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I actually just right before we got on here to to have this chat. Was having a call with somebody, we were talking about priorities of uh, some of their email sequences versus some of their social ads and some of the things that that we were doing. And and I I had to ask the question, you know, is the are the decision makers in the company are they emotionally tied to a certain activity? Because if that's the case, then even though it's technically a second priority, it might need to be a top priority. You start to kind of play some of those psychological games of, all right, I'm going to put my suggestion out there of what we think makes the most sense logically, but sometimes there's other emotional drivers that are kind of pushing people to say, no, we want to do this other thing first, you know, and it's this, it's this balance of kind of working with all the different departments in a team and, uh, to make their marketing work, you know, so it's a tough balance. Well, you have, you, well, I think fundamentally you have just the question people, people have these comfort zones, clients yeah. have comfort zones and stepping into a, a zone that, that they, that they've not tried before, mm-hmm. even with it's a smaller part of their program, you just, so sometimes habits can, and, and you know, there can be a part of this has become a habit. There can, there's a bit of a block and then, yeah, and then they, and then they say it. So, yeah. And they really have to, you know, they have to have some trust in you and they have to then see that it's working, you know, before they kind of dive all the way in. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of psychology that goes into marketing. I'll just, I, there's more than I thought. <laughs> 
I'll just say, right. I wish I had taken a few more psychology courses in college. Yeah, when you talk about the, you know, kind of, you know, improving marketing and get and generating better returns for clients and doing things that just uh, are more interesting and, and have more value over time. One of the things that we think is really important too is breaking down silos. You know, so, you know, so organizations often have silos because you have these. Mm -hmm. This group does this, and you and you have these specialties, but. If the if the marketing gets too segmented by silos, broke fragmented by silos, and these it tends to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Versus if we can you know get our specialists in these different divisions on the same team. And the you know the and the strongest organizations you do business with kind of realize that everybody needs to understand the value of that customer and what we provide to them, what our value proposition is. And when you do that, it tends to you know, it, it just improve the results and get, get everybody fun on the same page. Yeah. And there's just an opportunity there. Yeah. You, know, you talked about values a bit, you know, values are incredibly important. We're, you know, you know, the millennials have been driven by values as well. You know, it just, you know, it's been a big part to them, but it's with each generation, it's getting more and more important. And values drive brands, values and experience in, in, the, in the plans that we have in place to kind of ensure that consistent customer experience really fundamentally. To, when our branding process starts with values. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people, you know, they're always thinking, what is our logo going to look like? What's our name? What's our tagline going to be or whatnot? We'll start about, you know, what your values are and really, you know, what you mean to the customer. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. It's like an iceberg. There's a lot underneath yeah. the water. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Sometimes, you know, that we have, we think we understand where everything is going in our industry. I'll never forget, you know, in early in age when social media was getting big and whatnot, and, you know, email had become fairly popular, you know, I had a friend who kind of said, will email be dead in four or five years? We'll just be using the social media platforms. Well, that didn't happen. You know, right. the, social, the social media platforms have evolved incredibly and continue, continue to expand and change. Be interesting to see what happened. Email itself paid paid in. And organic that we own has been an incredibly powerful tool for us. And you see yeah. it just continue. You know, we all have too many emails in our inboxes and some of us manage be those better than, than others, but uh, we, we've found how to make that a valuable tool for, for a lot of customers. So. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, it's, um, it, it just becomes a different challenge, right? I mean, because email hasn't gone anywhere. Um, it's still a very valuable marketing tool. I mean, when we talk about values, I mean, that that's a pretty big thing for brands. But I mean, especially when you've got a company that has a deeper meaning. And I know you work with a lot of nonprofits. How are you seeing kind of the, um, you know, the deeper meaning, the greater purpose coming out in the work that you're doing for marketing with nonprofits? With nonprofits, it's all about, you know, the, their values. And 
I think that the you know those the the values that they have, the experiences that they that the good ones um, you know are part of kind of helping our communities with are just moving. Um, I think the key things there is that that we run into with our nonprofits is sometimes they they've been incredibly good about serving you know a, 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 a needy part of our population. They've had a harder time kind of recognizing how they build build their brand in a changing marketplace and such. And, and marketing was not something that they tended to, you know, the, to focus on. What that's one of the challenges that, that I've seen, you know, the, the the nonprofit marketplace has become incredibly challenge, you know, competitive itself as different groups, you know are competing for funding, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you, you some of them used to be able to, to depend upon United Way and the big corporate you know, grants that, that, that yeah. fund that and the big corporate campaigns, but uh, as nonprofits become more prevalent and the needs for them uh, more prevalent, the, the, their needs to, to embrace, understand and emphasize marketing is, is become ever more important. And you, and you look at in our work with them. We've we've been fortunate to work with some that just you, you feel like you could write books about, and they've kind of yeah they they are the great examples and other ones that you know are very well meaning, but marketing has not become has not is not in their comfort zone so much. It's not in, in yeah. it's something that that you know that and it's it's so fundamentally important. Um, yeah yeah nonprofits are they've got a lot of good stories typically and they're not always the best at telling the stories that's what I've found they don't understand the importance of putting that out there to their network and helping people cast that vision and catch hold of the vision so that they'll jump on as a donor or as a volunteer or just a cheerleader of their organization um there's a lot that they can be doing and there's a lot of free tools out there um, in the world of digital marketing and the digital space here. A lot of people don't, they don't think about how to leverage that. But frankly, it's not their job. You know, their job might be boots on the ground doing the actual work, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of potential for nonprofits. It's a, it's essential world. to their mission because, you know, unless they, you know, they have a few major donors that just are going to write those checks. They've got to, you know, they've got to have the income stream from the development side. The development side has to be supported by a marketing message because even group, you know, some of some of the nonprofits you may find can be a hundred years old. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and and unfortunately, some you know, they've lost some of their the donors who sustained them for a long time. Right. Well, people in nonprofits don't always think about the fact that in that they really do do marketing. It's it sometimes feels like a dirty word, um, but they're trying to get their message out to an audience just like a for-profit company is. It's just a matter of what those profits are going towards. Um, that's the difference. And so having that mindset of, hey, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you have to operate like you don't know what you're doing. You can run a nice, great ship and get the word out 
very well and and you'll do really well if you do so right and it can be it it can be purposeful and not seen as a luxury expense or whatnot sometimes i think you know it's almost do we have the the, the luxury yeah. of doing that marketing I, you know i think you have to kind of turn it around if you don't do that marketing you know you're not going to be able to grow and sustain your organization well, and I always think about the, the the handful of nonprofits that my husband and I are pretty passionate about, you know, as a, as a donor, as a volunteer, as just somebody who loves what they're doing, I, I'm busy. I want to hear what they're doing. I right. want to know about these different opportunities that they have, the different needs that are popping up. I want to hear the stories of their impact and getting them, whether it's, you know, in a, even if it's a traditional print thing that pops up in my mailbox, um, or it's a social media post that shows up on my newsfeed, or it's an email that pops into my inbox. I appreciate those because in a busy world, I don't have time to go think through, oh, what does XYZ organization have new? Let me go check out their website. I might've done that maybe 20 years ago, when I had more time on my hands, but nowadays I don't have time to proactively go seek it out. So I appreciate when, when organizations feed me those marketing messages, because it reminds me and reinforces like, Hey, their, their donation is not going anywhere from us or there's so many of them. They have to appeal to a number of different audiences to, you know, what they could be donors that they've worked with. They, you know, influencers, people who will take them to new donors yeah. Or, you know, more corporate, institutional, larger gifts, you know, people that, that they can reach for those kind of things. And it, it just requires them to have the same kind of disciplines yeah. that 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 we have on the corporate side. And you hit, you know, the, you hit the nail on the head. Discipline. Well, it, it, it does. Well, the, <laughs> well, what, so a lot what of my problem has to do is what we have to do in the corporate world, too, is we don't have time to get our message, you know, our, our client has to get the message very quickly. Yeah. We have to engage them very quickly. Yeah. If we don't get 100%. them very quickly, we've lost them. Yeah. And then if we can if if we can create their interest, then we can start telling them the story and and how we do, you know, they need to understand what we do and how emotionally important it is quickly, you know, quickly and then yeah. start telling that, you know, how we make that happen and how they can be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I love the discipline word because it's not that it has to be this like rigid thing, but it speaks to the consistency piece that every marketer understands. You know, right. you have to have some sort of consistency. You want to post one post on social media or send out one email and expect it to change your whole business. You know, you hear those stories, they're literally one in a million where right. one one activity drives success for the whole business. The reality is most of the time it's it's a series of multiple consistent strategic actions that are helping you get your message out in front of the right people. Right. We do business in, in such a fragmented world. They used to say what I mean, people got three to five thousand messages. Now it might be five to eight thousand messages. Right. People are you know, they are filtering messages so quickly. And that one of the things we have to kind of, that's why we have to capture them with things that are emotional, valuable, 
and in many cases le less expected because they tune out what they feel like they've already heard a million times. Mm -hmm. Achieving all that is not easy. That's why you know, but it, it it requires a lot of thought. But that's why you see that's why you see the kind of advertising you do on television. You know, yeah. and these big insurance companies that you know Kelly's do these things that are just very different, interesting, just to get our attention, to get to weave us in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it and it's well, interesting. On the other hand, with 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 smaller businesses and organizations, you, you've also got to be authentic in how you kind of in your program authentic. You yeah, know, people, people want the real thing and who they who they can count on. I mean, just yeah. yeah. I I personally have a hard time when when I'm looking at potential partners and businesses, and I really can't tell who's behind the wheel. You know, mm. who's behind who's behind the curtain? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that anonymity bo bothers me personally. Yeah. Well, and in today's world, I mean, with social media, you're just seeing more and more trends towards a lot of the, you know, the shorts content, video content, things like what we're doing now, podcast interview. People want to see the real people involved in things. And some of the automated stuff that you did 10 years ago on social media that was engaging then it, it it's not it's not relevant anymore people want that behind the scenes look the insider view insider right. tips that you may not have gotten any other way so it i've definitely seen that shift in in what people are engaging with on social media i think it speaks to what you're just saying just in marketing at large people want to engage with the real person, not an anonymous brand. Right. Well, they want to find people to, you know, there are a lot of us that they want to find better, better ways to, mm -hmm. to do business, better ways yeah. to be effective. So they'll take time with the podcast. They'll take time with these mm -hmm. blogs and such. And it, it requires an investment of time, but there is value there, you know, value created there. Well, and once and, you build that trust, then then you got it and it's up to you to, to break it. But a lot of times when you build that trust with a brand or when with a customer, they can be very, very loyal and they'll come back and back and back um, until you give them reason to not trust you. Right. Right. Yeah. The, I know we've covered a, a good bit here. You know, just, <laughs> just authenticity and kind of jumped around, but you know, this customer value and authenticity, what can they really count on? You know, mm -hmm. You know, we deal with, in addition to stuff we do with nonprofits, we do think we work on a lot of things that are relatively new or something, or maybe a, a slight luxury item. But you know, just you know, just why people can count count on that is is so important. Yeah. So yeah. So. Man, well, we've we've jumped around a lot on some different things about just where the world is moving right now in marketing. I really appreciate all your insights. I'm curious as we wrap up uh, the conversation today. I always like to ask people, and especially with you having seen, you know, you touched so much in the world of marketing and you've seen so much with your clients, but if you were to give someone advice on what they could do today to get their next step towards a marketing win, what would you go tell people to go do today? Oh boy, <laughs> to get their next marketing win. Big or small. Big or small. It doesn't, doesn't have to be something major, but. You know, we all we all want to walk away with with 
with something that we can go do today that's going to help us take that next step? Well, there's one simple thing that I'm going to suggest to you that for, you know, particularly for people who've been in the business, but I think it's true for people breaking in as well as Mm -hmm. sometimes we have our refer, you know, the, the centers of influence, people who can lead us to customers. Yeah. And one of the assumptions, you know, you know, as you're in business longer, those those become incredibly important. They're they're important throughout throughout our business journey. But the, you know, marketing to them and keeping them in the loop of what you're doing is yeah. incredibly, incredibly important. Because even you can have strong referral bases. But you're out as if you don't market and keep them up to speed on what you're doing, how you've evolved. Yeah. You, you, those are opportunities lost. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other fundamental is, you know, I think it's kind of it is really listening to, you know, listening, putting your, yourself in the shoes of your customer mm-hmm. you know, and listening. When you, when you listen and understand your customer, everything gets easy from there. Yeah. Look. Just it, it allows, because then if you didn't figure out how you can deliver value to, to them. You know, what, right. what, what are the unmet needs, the underserved needs where you, you know, where you have an opportunity with them? Yeah, that's, that's so good. I mean, yeah, if you, if you really just pay attention to what questions are they asking, all you have to do is go out and answer those. It becomes yeah. very simple to think through how yeah. you become of service to your to your network. Yeah. So yeah, we do a lot of problem solving. And a lot of times, what you know, you kind of while we're doing new things, there are a lot of things we're going back and you're kind of saying, well, here's here's just a piece that where we've mm-hmm. kind of lost, you know, maybe we've lost our way. You know, yeah. It's going. So yeah. yeah, just was the opportunity uncovered. So right, right. Well, Bert, thank you so much for sharing so many great tidbits of advice here and and, uh, sharing so much of your insights after so many years in the marketing space. Uh, If people want to get more from you, where should they go online? Okay. Go to our website, thinkattuned, thinkattuned.com. Thinkattuned, awesome. Yeah, and follow us on social media and thank you for your help there. We try to share is you know, just things that we find interesting in our social media channels to think attuned. Awesome. Well, great. Well, there you have it. Bert Phillips from Attuned Marketing Partners and uh, the amazing insights he shared about where marketing has been moving recently and, and what we're seeing in the space right now. Bert, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Barry. Take care. If you liked what you just heard, please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one.